You may know that the Troy School Board oversees the public education we receive in our community. But what do we know about the people on the board? In this series, we aim to sit down with each board member for a one-on-one -on -one conversation where we'll learn about their career, their own school experience, and find out what led them to serving on the Troy School Board of Education. This episode features Vitel Ane, who has now been serving on the board for about two years. She also works as an IT professional and is passionate about STEM education. I'm your host, Thomas Butcher, and this is Board Members. Besides being a member of the Troy School Board, who is Vitel Ane? How do you describe yourself? So I'm a mother, a daughter, a wife, an IT professional um, in STEM field, education enthusiast, an immigrant, a woman of color, women of Indian origin. I am proud of my heritage, um, green energy enthusiast, and um, that's pretty much sums up majority of the stuff. I a healthy like balance there. Yes, yeah. Take us back to your years as a K-12 student. What was school like for you? So I have to explain a little bit. I went to school back in India. Um, in India, school, um, for us, a high school, our school is from K to 10. And then in general, not for everybody, for majority. And then 11th and 12th, we consider it as pre-university. Um, and then from, of course, um, after that is university. So I guess I could tell a little bit about my school, which is from first grade to 10th grade. It is, I went to a um, private school. It is actually run by... Um, an institution of Montfortian brothers. So the, it is actually a Catholic institution. Um, and it's an English medium school, which means in India you can have education in your native language in some schools and um, in English in other schools. So ours, which means the language of instruction is English. So you teach um, math and physics and all of those in English versus in your own native language. So it is an English medium school, though it was, I was never very fluent with English at that time. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and school at that time, well, I was a very good student <laughs> and I enjoyed, it was more focused in math and sciences um, not as much in languages, I would say, or maybe it's just me that I wasn't as focused in it, but um, definitely enjoyed school. Um, it was one of those schools. Um, it is a co-education school where boys and girls are in the same school, though um, we have much fewer girls. Probably 10% of my grade is girls. And, wow. Uh, yeah, because it is a private school and you have to pay for it, um, um, many parents don't pay, I guess, don't give as much importance to education in those days for girls as they did for boys. So you went to private school and that was K through 10. And is that the standard for all the public school too then? Um, in general, in yes. In general. Yes. So is, 
11th grade and 12th grade, is that public education or is that considered private? Like no so matter what? They are both. They're um, both, okay. And I did go to a private school also for 11th and 12th grade. Okay. Um, so, uh, and I'm not reducing public schools in India as much, but um, in general, private schools are considered um, better, um, more academically rigorous, uh, um, and that's why parents who are more interested in making sure that their kids are um, um, get good education used to tend to send kids to private schools. And you say your favorite classes were more the math and the sciences. Correct. So what was more challenging to you? There might have been, as you said, you didn't focus as much on the languages side of things, mm-hmm. but is do you remember a class where you just really struggled in it and you didn't like it too much? Ooh, um, writing was really difficult for me. Um, so um, English wasn't very, um, wasn't my forte. Um, I didn't, even though I went to an English medium school, it wasn't, it didn't come as easily to me as I did, let's say, math or science or physics. Um, so if I had to write creatively of like on my own, it was, it was not easy. Were the teachers fluent in English? Um, our English teachers were, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying writing, that's essentially a foreign language from your perspective? Um, or was it writing in Indian too that was difficult for you? Um, writing in English. Mostly. Writing in English. Yeah. And you had to take that class as oh, part of the school? It is part of your English class. Okay. It's part of your language. So we had um, English as one of the languages, and then we had what's called a second language, um, which you could choose between any of your, um, either your native language or any other languages, uh, other Indian languages like Hindi or Telugu or any of those. Um, and then you had the rest of your other core curriculum like math and science and so on. Being that this is a private school, were there any clubs or sports that you were able to be involved with? So clubs, no, but sports, yes. So our school had, um, it's a full day of school from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And at 4 p.m., we had an eighth hour of one hour of sports. And you can, uh, and these are organized sports that you have to participate in in any activities. Like um, the, they would play cricket or uh, basketball or volleyball or any of those kind of activities. So, yes, it is part of our curriculum. But it's not as an extracurricular. It is, well, it is extracurriculum as in you're not tested on it and okay. you don't pass or whatever, but it is part of you your day. You just have day. to be there. Yes. It's like attendance. Uh, yeah. And you have to play, you have to participate, mm-hmm. you have to be part of it. So uh, I guess being in a private school, that was one of the advantages of having such a, uh, such a curriculum. It was um, pretty uh, rigorous in that way. Actually, in fact, my husband went to the same school and he is very good at sports and he played cricket and hockey there um, and he enjoyed being there and they're part of the sports. I wasn't as much a sports person, but he was, yeah. Was there music at the school? Um, there was one, there was an arts class and you can choose between various arts programs. So um, some of them chose to do drawing or uh, any kind of art and some did music or some did dance and so on. And you may not have the personal experience being that you went to private school and not public school in India, but 
do you think that the public schools in India have more options for music and sports as extracurriculars? Um, like I said, I don't have a personal right. experience, but from what I've known, that uh, that they do not have any such curriculum. Um, India schools are very focused on the core curriculum, uh, like the science, the math, and the phys- uh, and English, reading, writing, and those kind of things, and not as much on the arts and music. Now, what do you do after high school? You go to college? Yes, you do. And you went to college in America? Um, So I did my undergrad engineering in India. Um, I went to a university called Andhra University, which is about 300 miles from where my hometown is. That's still quite a distance. It is. It is a good bit of distance, 300 kilometers, I would say. Um, yeah, so, um, and I went to, I did my engineering there. Um, so I majored in mechanical engineering, which is, it's not very common major for um, women to be in. I, in fact, I was one of the only two women in that class um, in my grade um, and what was the question after that? Do you, do you eventually move to America for more studies? Yes, I did. Um, so once I finished my undergrad to do my master's, I moved to U.S. And I went to, I did my master's at Purdue in, in Indianapolis. So when you do your undergrad in India, you mentioned that when you were in private school, you were like one of 10% of girls. Like it was only 10% girls compared to mostly boys. Yep. When you go to your undergrad in India, do you see that fluctuate at all? Um, in my undergrad, because of the major I chose and because engineering in general is not a field that women usually choose, and um, and then I ended up choosing mechanical engineering, which is even more rare uh, than that. So um, it's actually the opposite effect, as in the 10% became maybe 5 or 5%. Wow. In a class of 60, we were only two girls. So. Wow. Yes. And then... You come to America for your master's, and do you notice a difference at that point? Um, Yes. Um, In master's here, um, it's it's kind of different because each class is different, and you have a different set of students in each class and so on. Um, It's still um, not 50% per se in engineering, even here when you come to your master's, Um, but it's definitely much more compared to um, what I've seen in India. Now, was engineering and the path you took, was that always the plan? Did you always want to study that? And did you always see yourself coming to America to finish that off? No, not at all. Um, So engineering was something that everybody thought I would be good at because I was good at math. And um, and I also enjoyed it. And engineering is nothing but application of math and sciences. And I definitely um, enjoyed doing. Math came easier for me, and science. It was very logical. It's easy to um, go through various steps and processes and procedures, which just came out uh, easier. So, um, going into engineering felt like the right path for me, based on what I know. And yes, and um, Coming to U.S., um, my uncles lived in U.S. by that time. And so um, in order to, um, because I loved engineering and I wanted to get um, higher education, I thought that was a, a good path to get into. Yes. When you said everybody, like, thought you would mm-hmm. be good for that. So 
you got more or less pushed into that direction. Yeah, in India, it's not necessarily pushed. There's um, a general uh, consensus that we either go into engineering or we go into medicine. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and uh, there are other areas. And again, that's not the case nowadays. Nowadays, um, definitely the professions that are out there that are available are um, enormous. But what, when I was younger, um, that is tend to be the um, professions that people thought were good um, good for your uh, comfort in life later, and um, you would be happy with the, uh, with the profession that you're in. So if you could go back in time and you do it all over again, do you think you'd end up doing the same stuff you did? Um, I may not have gone into mechanical engineering. I may have, but I... I definitely would have gone into some form of engineering or at least some form of math and science area, I would say. Okay. So not yeah. much would change. Yeah. Now, you said that your husband went to the same school you did. Is that where you met him? Um, no. I. Um, he is... Um, f- about five years ahead and senior to me. Um, I've barely known him in school. No, I did not meet him there. Um, ours is an arranged marriage, um, and which is a relatively common thing in India. Um, so when I came here to do my master's, and while I was in my master's, um, um, one of my cousins, who's a good friend of Siva, my husband's name is Siva, um, then um, kind of introduced us and proposed the marriage to my parents, and that's how it went about. So you were already in America when that happened? Yes, I was. Did you go back to India for the ceremony? Yes, I did. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you were already established in America I was doing my master's. You were just doing your master's. So you weren't sure you were going to stay in America at that point. Oh, I never wanted to stay here at all. Wow. Yeah, I just um, wanted to come here, do my master's, maybe work for a couple of years, and then return back to India. So whose idea is it, and when does it happen when you officially move to America? When I mean stay back permanently, in right. a sense? Okay. Um, it's a very slow progression of changes and ideas, I guess. Um um, I definitely wanted to go back when I came, and um, every few years I would think, okay, I'm going to stay for another couple of years and go back, another couple of years and go back kind of thing. And then I kept falling in love with all the things that are here and the education system and this, um, the society in general, the work, um, the freedom and respect women have here, um, and all kinds of things. So, um that, and eventually we decided to apply for our um, uh, green card and then citizenship, and then we stayed back here. Wow. And how long have you been married now? Uh, 26, 27 years almost. Wow. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And you have two daughters? Yes. So what can you tell me about them? Or are they involved in the same type of stuff you were? Kind of and not. Um, I have two daughters. My older one is currently... Um, in first year of medical school at Wayne State. Wow. Um, and she has um, gone through schools through Troy. Um, she went to Morse Elementary and then Baker Middle School and then IA. My younger one, she's currently, uh, Nithya is a first year in uh, University of Michigan. And she has um, gone through 
Hill Elementary, Larson Middle School, and then Athens. Uh, they both definitely enjoyed being here at the Troy schools. Um, in some ways, they're very similar to me. They are very um, education-focused. Uh, they definitely um, like um, like to learn and uh, enjoy doing stuff like that. Um, and uh, but in other ways, they're completely different. They, from the beginning, have been very um, involved in arts. Um, Shreya did um, uh, Indian classical dance um, for 10, 12 years of her life and until she uh, had done her Arangetam, which is like a graduation. Um, and Nitya has learned um, violin and she's... Um, She's placed the violin through um, pretty much all her middle and high schools, and she enjoys it even now. She wants to play whenever she can. Um, both of them play sports, which is very big aspect of their life, which I didn't do much when I was younger. And it didn't sound like you wanted to either. Uh, yeah, I didn't care for <laughs> it as much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. But when you look at the dance and the music side of things, again, you, you said you wouldn't have changed much. You still would have gone into mm-hmm. math, science area. But, I mean, maybe that's what they're interested in, too. But they also had this other side with dance and music and whatnot. So what do you think? Would you have liked to have done that? Absolutely. Actually, I have to tell you one piece of information. While the younger me didn't care for sports and music and dance as much, now, after my daughter started learning Indian classical dance, I fell in love with it. Wow. And I started learning after I turned 40. And I am still continuing to learn as they moved on and they left. <laughs> so absolutely, I enjoy the fine arts aspect of it. And I think it's important for our children um, to be exposed to that area and to get um I think their brain works better when you're actually involved in those type of activities. Absolutely. And as we have established here, you are very passionate about STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. In fact, I just ran into you yesterday at a STEM field trip for our middle school students. Uh, What did you think of that whole experience? Are you excited to see us providing these opportunities? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, um, I think at the school level, um, exposing our students to STEM activities or what it is like to get into STEM fields is absolutely essential Um, because this is one area of um, it is constantly evolving, constantly changing. And um, not enough of our students get into that area. A lot of our, um, if I notice, if I, since I work in the STEM field and I, we hire people in STEM, we notice not many um, from local. We have to hire people from other countries and other areas to try and fill the roles. So I absolutely think it's important that um, we expose these. That way we can get local talent in these areas, uh, in these nice high-paying areas, which are very um key to our economy. Now, is there anything more you think that we should be doing? Like, perfect world, Mm -hmm. what more can we do to help promote and give these opportunities to our students? Because I think we need more than a field trip, right? Right. I mean, it's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. But long term, what do you think we need to do? Um, 
potentially collaborate with local industries and provide and have people come in and show what its STEM field is like. A lot of things, a lot of times, I think students are not exposed to what it is. Um, many times people, kids know a field based on what where their parents are working. So if your parents are um, in business, uh, you know a lot more in that business area. If your parents are musicians, you would know a lot more in music area. But if you're not exposed to it, you do not know what it is like being in that area. So having that exposure, um, either providing like classes for coding or for video game um, designing or something that makes it fun as well as exposes them to the um, what's out there or creating cell phone apps, um, any kind of things. I'm going to read you some statistics I found on the internet. Okay. I believe these are relatively current and from reliable sources. I'll let you be the judge if something sounds off, but okay. um, nevertheless, STEM occupations are nearly 7% of all U.S. occupations, about 10.8 million people. Women are nearly half of the workforce in the United States, but only 27% of STEM workers. Test scores for fourth and eighth grade students show that girls generally perform just as well in math as boys do. While many girls have an interest in STEM by age 11, they then risk losing their interest by age 15. When you hear all of that, what do you think is causing this rift in male versus female interest in STEM? And furthermore, what can we do about it? Wow, that's a loaded question. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with the statistics, though. Um, I think um, girls do, it's not lack of their abilities or um, they can do as well. Girls can do as well in these fields as um, men can do or boys can do. Um, it's, I feel, and I see this in my own children too, is um, they, um, I've heard them, my daughter saying, so do you want to go into programming or coding or STEM and this? Like, I do not like sitting in front of a computer and working on it every day and I need interaction with people and so on. I think it's just that perception that somehow STEM is, doesn't involve working with people doesn't involve um, um, using your social aspects, and it it makes I think girls feel like that's not the field for them because in general, girls and women tend to like fields or be in fields where they they can um, they can interact with people, other people, and they can um, be of help and uh, and so on. This kind of makes it seem aloof, uh, like they're working on their own in their little cubicles kind of thing. And I think we need to dispel that myth, um, per se. Um, STEM fields involve as much interaction with other groups and other areas as any other fields. Um, and not all STEM fields are the same. Each, each one is different. And it's not all um, working with heavy machinery or those. Uh, people have this... Um, perception that STEM means, oh, you're working with heavy machinery or any of that. Actually, nowadays, STEM fields are very precision-oriented, something with um, um, 
with fine motor skills, which women are better at than men, for example. Um, so, and they would be better at doing those type of skills. It's just us um, messaging it correctly so that the girls don't lose interest in it. At what point does running for the Troy School Board become an idea? Do your daughters influence this at all? Uh, no, they did not. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, uh, and I definitely had did not have an idea of running for school board mm-hmm. until it actually happened, to wow. be honest. Spur of the moment. Um, almost. Uh, so... Um, I've always been involved with the schools, um, especially as a parent. And um, I've always been an involved parent. And I've always wanted to, um, I always felt like um, I need to do do more uh, to help the schools, to help the teachers, to help. um, And it's mostly in the STEM areas that I was involved in. Um, but um, never wanted to get into the governance aspect of it or the administration aspect of it. Never thought about it um, at all until there was an actual um, opening or a retirement that happened. Uh, Paula Fleming, our, uh, our trustee who was retiring, and then a few, a couple of my friends had suggested, um, "Why don't you try running?" And I was like, well, I know nothing about it, and I do not know how to even do this job. And and then after several phone calls and discussions of understanding what the job entails, and then I had also made phone calls to uh, speak to Carl, um, Carl Smith, the president of the school board, as well as uh, Nicole Wilson. Uh, I was considering this after that and then decided, okay, I will put in an application mm-hmm. and see how it goes. Because your situation was that it wasn't just a general election. We had to fill that seat. That's so there was correct. a process where they were interviewing multiple candidates. That's correct. Wow. So, yes, I have turned in my application. And then even then I was like, oh, I'm not going to get picked. I'm not sure if I could do this kind of thing. Um, and then there were 10 candidates who were interviewed. And in the end, I was picked for that position. Wow. Yeah. And then later on, it was, I think that same year, you were officially elected by the public for a full term. Mm -hmm. Wow. If you could tell yourself when you were a student in India that you would one day be on the school board in Troy, Michigan, how do you think you would react? I would say no way. (laughs) Uh, First of all, I would not even have thought I would be in the United States, let alone running for a school board and be a school board member. Crazy. Crazy how life works. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you first became a board trustee, uh, because it was literally just before the start of the pandemic and maybe a month before. Correct. How do you recall that time? Did it feel like you had just signed on for this giant uphill battle? Um, So, yes, I was. um, I believe I was sworn in in February. So, um, or, or yeah, February, um, and then the pandemic hit us second week of March. So um, I've literally had two meetings uh, at the time b- before uh, since I was sworn in to when the pandemic hit, and honestly, I do not know what a normal um, school board operations look like at all because all I have known is during the pandemic, and so yes. Um, 
people do tell me and remind me this is not how it used to be or how it was going to be, but it continues to be uh, completely centered around the pandemic and how to um, how to tackle the issues associated with that. There's a lot of moving pieces for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest thing that you have learned during your time on the board? It's been about two years now. Yeah. Um, and obviously we have established that this is a pandemic time, so you're not completely aware of how things work when it's not a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But given that it has been two years, has anything surprised you outside of the fact that we are in a pandemic? Um, well, everything is a surprise to me because I do not know how it was <laughs> like otherwise. You just showed uh, up and then you had the job. <laughs> yeah. Um, the biggest thing I've learned probably is um, to be patient and to listen to people. Um, there is always uh, people who are very passionate on both sides of the um, of an issue, any issue, and multiple sides of an issue. And each one of them are as right in their thoughts and in their um, as to their position. And it's important to understand all of them and in the end, make the right decision for our students. Um, kids are the primary reason why we are doing Absolutely. all of these. Um, and keeping them in mind and their interest in mind, independent of what other people's views are, to the best of our knowledge, is important. And final question for you. What does the future of the Troy School District look like? What do you want to see? Well, I want to continue to see us being world class. By that, I mean... We need to be nimble. We need to continue to evolve and adjust to what is going on around us um, Need and how we teach our students, how we make them their best version of global citizens. Um, and as um, good contributors to the society as possible. I think um, I do not have any major opinions on how to teach per se or anything. The goal is to make um, evolve and be nimble and in the end um, um, train them to be good global citizens. Patel, thank you very much for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Board Members, a TSD World Class Podcast. If you like what you heard, then please consider leaving us a five-star review. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We produce a variety of shows. Between sports, electives, career readiness, and more, we have something for everyone. I'm your producer, Thomas Butcher, and we'll see you next time.